Good evening. Our top story tonight, Brees Hall has been placed on the physically unable to perform list. What does that mean? Will he miss any time? Is he going to be there week one? Let's get into it on Player Profiler today. Yes, unfortunately, Brees Hall has been placed on the physically unable to perform list. And now, this is not a good thing. It's a slightly bad thing. But the reason I say slightly is this isn't a surprise. This was expected. Basically, with Brees Hall coming off the ACL, there were two paths at this point. Path number one was really, really good news was that he would not be on the physically unable to perform list. He would be full go. That would have been good news. The other path was, well, he gets placed on the physically unable to perform list because that's what you do with players who can't go 100% just yet. But this doesn't mean that Brees Hall is going to miss any time. This does not mean Brees Hall will be an active week one. Really, all this means is that it's going to take some more time before Brees Hall is 100%. But we knew that. We've known that all along. Brees Hall coming off an ACL tear, even if he avoided the PUP, even if he was full go in practice from day one, it was still going to take some time for him to ramp up to a full workload. So with this and with other players about to be placed on the PUP as well, Javante Williams probably going to be placed on the PUP to start training camp. This action in itself it's not good news, but it's only slightly negative news because it's expected. It's just the way the NFL works is, okay, well, you had an injury. You're going to start on PUP because we're going to bring you back slowly. How slowly? That is when we learn if this is actually bad news or just news. Because if Brees Hall, who, by the way, apparently, according to Robert Sala earlier today, was hitting 23 miles per hour, which is insane. He was already hitting 22 miles per hour a month ago. So to hit 23 miles per hour after an ACL tear, that is impressive. Brees Hall is an absolute freak athlete. He is just incredible in what his body can do. But... This isn't to say he's out of the woods yet. 23 miles per hour is great. The speed, the explosiveness, that's all still there. But it's the lateral agility that we're going to be most concerned about. How does Brees Hall move from side to side? The ACL essentially keeps your bones, Your if this is your lower leg, this is your upper leg, it keeps your bones from sliding forward and back. And that is stressed when you do the agility drills, once you start trying to cut. So that's when we'll have more information. But for now, even though Brees Hall has been placed on the PUP list, this is not necessarily bad news. It's slightly negative, slightly bad, but not bad, bad. You know, it's going to be fine. I still believe Brees Hall is going to play week one. The worst news for Brees Hall is that the Jets are not out on Dalvin Cook. Robert Sala was asked about it earlier today, says that he is a great player. But you're going to have to leave that one up to Joe Douglas because I'm just a simple coach. I don't make those decisions, even though we all know he does, but he's just deferring to Joe Douglas, the general manager. But 
that that would be bad news for Dalvin or for Brees Hall. If Dalvin Cook signs with the Jets, which I don't expect him to, I don't think Dalvin Cook wants to play for the New York Jets, but if he did, that would be bad news for Brees Hall. It'd be good for his long-term health because he would be brought along slowly, knowing that they have a capable bell cow in Dalvin Cook. But with Dalvin Cook on the roster, it's very unlikely, even by week 17, that Brees Hall would be playing 70% of the snaps, seeing 70% of the opportunity. If Dalvin Cook signed, it's probably closer to 60%, 40%. But if Brees Hall avoids Dalvin Cook, by the end of the season, he's going to be a league-winning running back. He's going to be handling 70% plus of the opportunity. Michael Carter, Bam Knight, Israel Banacanda, they are no threats to the talent of Brees Hall. And the only reason they'll be seeing snaps early on is because Brees Hall still being brought back. But we do believe Brees Hall will play week one. And for more on Brees Hall and for more on injuries across the NFL, Podfather, take it away. Now, as we at Player Profiler have become a full-blown machine learning company, the crowning achievement has to be the injury finder. We're now taking BMI data and injury history data and assigning a probability that a player is injured on any given touch. And not only can you see a player's fragility rating, their injury risk, we also have analysis from professional physical therapists breaking down all the major players that underwent surgery last year and what their rehabilitation looks like heading into 2023. There's a tool to compare players. There's a database where you can say, show me all the foot injuries, show me all the severe injuries, show me all the injuries requiring surgery. It provides you the key market intelligence to know what is the difference in probability that player X versus player Y will miss games this year. It's great for fantasy football, and it also just satisfies your curiosity as a fan. Go to the App Store, go to Google Play, download it. It's five bucks every year just to reload the latest injury predictions and fragility ratings. The 2023 data is live now. Open your phone and get smarter. Hey, it's the Podfather of great news. The 2023 draft kit is live. It is world famous. Why? Because it is the best resource for winning fantasy football championships that exists. There are rankings and cheat sheets for every format you can imagine. We have projections both at the team level and the player level. And wherever you are, you can click on a player, open them up, and see in-depth written analysis about what to expect in fantasy football from that player this year. And then you can click on the team, and you can get even more in-depth analysis, all the drivers of fantasy production, both in a positive and negative direction for that team, including a signature trend. And the graphics are incredible. So these team insights, they give you the team-level projections, the vacated targets, the vacated areas, and that one dynamic for each team that you need to know when making decisions on draft day. And we added a bunch of features. I mean, individual cheat sheets for Theo and Billy and Dario. So you could take your favorite analyst and download their personal draft cheat sheet. And then in the commissioner's section, also brand new this year, Memphis Young lays out everything you need to know to manage a league, do's, don'ts, tips, and what the more innovative fantasy commissioners are doing this year. That's presented by Trophy Smack. The whole package is presented by the Fantasy Football Players Championship, the FFPC, Ray Garvin, Derek Brown, the best minds in the industry contributing analysis. It's certainly not the most inexpensive draft kit on the market, but uh, it is the best. Playerprofiler.com slash draft kit. Playerprofiler.com slash draft kit. Go get it. Recap on Brees Hall. Yes, headed to the physically unable to perform list. Bad news? No. Slightly negative news? Yes.
but it'll all be fine. We'll keep you updated as the season goes along. This is why you tune into Player Profiler today, because we get these headlines, we overreact, and then we come to find out, oh, okay, well, it's not that big of a deal. We're just going to have to keep updated throughout the summer, which is what we always knew would be the case. So keep an eye on that. As for the rest of the rest of the New York Jets, Robert Sala officially loves Hard Knocks, came out with a big I Heart HK shirt, I Heart Hard Knocks, and apparently, according to Robert Sala, he's good with it now. And obviously, he has no choice but to be good with it. And so a real leader, which I believe Robert Sala is a true leader in the NFL, he's going to come out and he's going to be positive because he's got no choice. But he did say, you know what? We were worried about some things. We talked to the people behind the scenes at Hard Knocks and they were fine with it. We brought up our issues. We brought up our worries. They said, okay, we're not going to film players getting cut. If you don't want to show players getting cut, we will we'll respect your wishes. And so it looks like it's going to be a copacetic relationship. It's going to be a fun Hard Knocks with Aaron Rodgers, with Brees Hall, seeing how he recovers, seeing how Aaron Rodgers adjusts to the New York Jets. Al Lazard says he's basically a coach at this point because he knows the system played in that Aaron Rodgers system for his entire career. So he's helping teach these wide receivers. And one of the wide receivers he's teaching is Garrett Wilson. Garrett Wilson, a quote today, and it was all good from Robert Sala. He's so explosive. He's so elite. We just have to wait and work on the continuity between him and Aaron Rodgers. So they're not off to a great start, Garrett Wilson and Aaron Rodgers. Obviously, you don't expect them to be lighting the world on fire from day one, but... Just something to know. We know Aaron Rodgers can be a little bit picky, a little bit finicky about his wide receiver play. So we'll keep an eye on that. Keep an eye on Zach Wilson as well. He's battling to be the QB2 behind Aaron Rodgers. He has to beat out Tim Boyle. Threw a touchdown pass to McCole Hardman earlier today. The first touchdown of Jets training camp. Good news. But overall, the offense kind of looked stagnant. And that's because the cornerbacks, which they might have the best cornerback duo in the NFL in Sauce Gardner and DJ Reed, Michael Carter, pretty damn good in the slot too. Yes, the other Michael Carter, Michael Carter the second. But Michael Carter, Sauce, DJ Reed, and the defensive ends because they have loaded up on edge rusher. They drafted one in the first round. They already have Carl Lawson. They already have Jermaine Johnson from last year who they took in the first round too. They dominated in practice, so... Jets offense didn't look so great compared to the defense, which is one of the better ones in the NFL. And I think it's going to be even better this season for the New York Jets. But the Jets also subtracted from their roster. They got rid of Denzel Mims. We reported yesterday that Denzel Mims was going to be cut by the New York Jets. Instead, the Jets decide, hey, let's see if we can get absolutely anything for this former second round pick. And the Lions play ball. The Lions end up sending a sixth round pick in 2025. A conditional sixth round pick in 2025. So if Denzel Mims makes the Detroit Lions roster, then the Jets get a sixth. I imagine if he doesn't make the roster, the Jets get a seventh. And it is a seventh for seventh swap between the Detroit Lions and the New York Jets. But possibly not. Maybe it's just a, hey, if he makes the roster, you get a sixth. Otherwise, we get a seventh. I, I don't know. It's being reported kind of strangely. All I know is these picks are in 2025. The Lions basically give up nothing, a swap of nothing to add a former second round pick who is, by the way, six foot three, 207 pounds, runs a four, three, eight. 
I still like Denzel Mims. Denzel Mims is frustrating. He couldn't separate in the New York Jets offense, but he also fell out of favor because Denzel Mims is a stretch X. You post him up out wide on line of scrimmage. You have him run deep. You have him run some possession routes. That's who he is. He's a speedy clasher on the sideline. And not every offense has room for that. The 49ers would rather have versatile guys. Brandon Ayuk has grown into that role as an X receiver on the outside, but they don't ask him to just do X receiver things. They ask him to move all over the field. They ask him to run all of the routes. And that carried over to the New York Jets. They tried to employ the 49ers offense and it just didn't work because Denzel Mims, he's not a versatile guy. And that is okay because the Detroit Lions don't care about what you can't do. The Detroit Lions and Ben Johnson, they are all about what you can do. And we are going to build around that skill set. So Denzel Mims, you are a deep threat who can also play on the line of scrimmage. You're big enough to take press coverage. Well, we had a guy like that last year in DJ Chark, and he did a pretty damn good job at times when he was healthy. So there is a role for Denzel Mims. It is a weird depth chart, and I really think it's going to be wide receiver by committee for the Detroit Lions. We're going to have Amon Ross St. Brown. He's the slot receiver. He'll play some out wide, but he is the slot possession wide receiver one. When Jameson Williams comes back, he's going to be that vertical threat. I imagine as an X receiver like DJ Chark was, but you know, he can play the uh, stretch Z as well. Doesn't really matter either way. Wide receiver three up for grabs. And while Denzel Mims or while Jameson Williams is suspended, well, Denzel Mims can play that stretch role. It can be a rotation of him and Khalif Raymond because Denzel Mims, Khalif Raymond, both dominant speed, both four, three speed, but Khalif Raymond, a little bit smaller. Denzel Mims a little bit bigger, so they'll have packages for both of them. Marvin Jones, he's going to be a red zone threat, a possession receiver. Same with Josh Reynolds. He's kind of a intermediate wide receiver. He can do a lot of different things. Doesn't do anything particularly great, but does everything good. So it's going to be a wide receiver by committee for the Detroit Lions for the start of the season. And that even that wide receiver three spot, once James Williams comes back, that's going to be a rotation of bodies. And that's okay. It's not going to be great for fantasy football purposes, but DFS, there's going to be some spike weeks. Maybe Denzel Mims, if he makes the roster, has one of those spike weeks. But either way, this is a trade, a swap of nothing to get a player, a former second round pick. This is a win for the Detroit Lions. Just when they had the pod father out with the running back and the linebacker in the first round, Brad Holmes reasserts himself. Because remember, those, those were Dan Campbell picks in the first round. They got their linebacker, they got their running back, and then Brad Holmes, Gets back in the driver's seat. He gets his guys just good pick after good pick after good pick. Now a good trade made as well. We'll have to find out what's going on at kicker though. Because Lions did cut their kicker, Michael Badgley. The money badger is no longer with the team. Don't know what their plan is, but we shall see. An update on some of these rookies because training camp is going on. We talked about it yesterday. The Kansas City Chiefs had reported to training camp. They're rookies and quarterbacks at the very least. And one of those rookies that yesterday struggled was Rashi Rice. He couldn't handle the heat. He had to leave the field at one point, came back, threw up on the field. But after practice, he was fine. He was in good spirits. You know, I'm, I'm fine throwing up. If I throw up, it just means I'm working hard. And then Rashi Rice comes out today and is the star of practice, according to Kansas City Beat reporters. Doesn't throw up. 
just dominates, gets open at will, goes for some big plays, goes for some short plays. Rashi Rice just making plays all over the field. That is what you want to see. Yeah, you're allowed to have a bad practice. Everybody has bad practices. Every single player. Aaron Donald, I guarantee you, will have a bad practice from time to time. It's how you respond. And the fact that Rashi Rice goes from a bad practice where he was sick on the field to the highlight star of the day, Rashi Rice. Good news for him. Still not a starting wide receiver at this point. He is still behind Sky Moore on the death chart to be that slot receiver. Richie James, we know Richie James is super reliable, super steady as well. So Rashi Rice could end up being the wide receiver five and competing for that role with Justin Watson, depending on the personnel that they're going to have because Justin Watson, yeah, he can play in the slot too. He's actually pretty good in the slot, but he is more of a vertical threat. Rashi Rice is more of a Juju Smith-Schuster possession yak guy. So we'll see how it shakes out. But for now, Rashi Rice still the wide receiver four, five, six, but he's going to be pushing for a starting role. Jordan Addison, on the other hand, he's already won a starting role. We all expect Jordan Addison to be the wide receiver, too, of the Minnesota Vikings. But last night, he was charged with reckless driving. He was driving 140 miles per hour in his Lamborghini, allegedly. Not great, but not the end of the world. This is something to note. This is something to keep an eye on. But young athletes that come into a lot of money, sometimes they make mistakes. And a lot of times, after they make a mistake, they get right back on track. They figure it out, say, hey, I messed up. I'm not going to be like that anymore. And so that's all we have to hope. But it is something to note for now. Just keep it in the back of your memory and move on. We're not going to dwell on it. Jordan Addison, we're excited for him to come to training camp for the Minnesota Vikings and see him ball out. Other news around the NFL. Back to the Kansas City Chiefs for a moment. Isaiah Pacheco, he's feeling great. He absolutely will be ready for week one. Isaiah Pacheco is looking fit. He is looking angry. And by angry, I mean the way he runs. It looks like Isaiah Pacheco is mad at the ground beneath him. Isaiah Pacheco is ready. I've said it repeatedly. He is a locked-in RB2. No matter what, he's going to finish as an RB2. But if there's an injury or if the Chiefs expand on his passing game usage like they did against the Cincinnati Bengals when he drew six targets, well... Isaiah Pacheco could flirt with RB1 numbers, but no matter what, he's a RB2. Isaiah Pacheco, just a great, great draft pick in fantasy football right now. Other updates across the NFL. Tom Brady, he is starting a new career. And I use the term career loosely because this career is owning a team in the UIM World Championship Electric Boat Racing League. Now, I don't know how involved owners are, but for a lot of sports, the owner just sends a check. Hey, send me the bill, writes a check, that's it. So I don't know if it's an actual full career. I don't know how much Tom Brady's going to be involved in the UIM World Championship Electric Boat Racing League. Obviously, he's going to attend the events, but just another potential indication that Tom Brady's probably not coming back, even if some of his Tampa Bay Buccaneers teammates believe and hope he'll come back. I just don't see it. We have some other updates, including Tom Brady's former team, the New England Patriots. Not only did they bring in Leonard Fournette, they also brought in Darrell Henderson, former running back for the Los Angeles Rams. Had a cup of coffee with the Jacksonville Jaguars after he was waived last year. Now, I've never been the biggest Darrell Henderson fan. I mean, I suppose I was as a rookie, and then he quickly flamed out and disappointed me. But 
the fact that the Patriots are bringing in veteran backs, they want someone to fill this James Robinson role. They thought it was going to be James Robinson where he can spell Ramondre Stevenson for periods of time. James Robinson couldn't be healthy, and so they ended up moving on from him. If it's Daryl Henderson, I'm a lot happier than if it's Leonard Fournette. Because if it's Leonard Fournette, Ramondre Stevenson, he's not finishing as an RB1. He'll be an RB2 at best, and he might even fall out. He's probably not falling outside of that. But he could because of Leonard Fournette's prowess in the passing game and his ability to score touchdowns. I don't want to think about it. I do not want to think about it. Some offensive line news. We've got a couple pieces here. George Fant, former right and left tackle of the New York Jets, former right tackle for the Seattle Seahawks. He is visiting the Tennessee Titans. They expect him to sign, and if he does, he's probably going to be replacing Nick Petit Frere, the right tackle for the Tennessee Titans, who has been suspended for six games for gambling on non-NFL contests while at a Titans facility, whether that was practice facility, game day facility, team plane, team hotel. It's all banned. Can't bet on anything in those places. So that led to the suspension of Nicholas Petit Frere. And so might replace him with George Fant, which if they do, that's a good move because the Titans can't afford. <laughs> They're already starting players that should not be starting on the offensive line. Daniel Brunskill, one of them. So I hope they do sign George Fant, give Ryan Tannehill some sort of protection. We also have the Eagles signing Dennis Kelly to be their swing tackle. They lost Andre Dillard, who signed with the Tennessee Titans to play left tackle, former first-round pick who was beat out by Jordan Mailata. So they replace him with Dennis Kelly. This is a downgrade, but it's a downgrade at swing tackle. And even so, Dennis Kelly, he can step in as a starter for a couple games. He's done it for the Tennessee Titans. What a flip-flop that this is. Final piece of information. Well, final two. They're kind of related, though. Saquon Barkley says that he might just say, fuck the Giants, fuck my teammates, and just walk away, hold out. These are the words directly from Saquon Barkley's mouth that he's thought about it, and he will continue to think about it. Hey, I'm at the point where I've got no leverage. The Giants aren't giving me what I think I'm worth. What can I do other than not show up? and see if it impacts. And this is a gamble, of course. This is a gamble that Le'Veon Bell took, and it didn't work out because James Conner showed out, dominated. It still kind of worked out. Le'Veon Bell still did get a big contract, but not the biggest contract that he wanted. But when it comes to Saquon Barkley, unless they sign a running back, which they need to, the Giants absolutely need to sign a running back. They should sign Leonard Fournette today. But, Saquon Barkley betting that, hey, this offense is going to be worse with Matt Breida and Gary Brightwell and Eric Gray running the ball. And so that might be a bet that Saquon Barkley takes, hold out, miss a couple games. I still think he's going to be back before week one, but he's thinking about it. He's thinking about it. He's talking about it. And we'll keep you updated on Saquon Barkley. And he's probably taken note of our final story. The Green Bay Packers announced that they received four, or sorry, the Green Bay Packers announced that they received $374.4 million in national revenue from the NFL. And that is the money that the NFL gives to all 32 teams split evenly amongst the 32 teams. 
because that's what they made from the TV deals and all that jazz, ticket sales, whatever. But $374.4 million to the Packers, which equals $11.98 billion for all 32 teams of the NFL to split evenly. That is up 52% since 2013. That's including adjusting for inflation. When you adjust for inflation, in 2013, every team got $188 million. This year, every team got $374 million. What an incredible, incredible jump over double in 10 years. And you have to imagine that these running backs see, hey, the NFL is making all this money. When are we going to get a piece of the pie? And unfortunately, the answer is not until 2030 when their CBA is back up for negotiation. But until then, best of luck to all the running backs. And I guess congrats to the NFL teams for all their money. Hey, you like that video? Be sure to subscribe and activate those alerts so you get notified as soon as new videos drop. And be sure to check out playerprofiler.com. We have all the tools for you to dominate every type of fantasy league. We have a draft kit, Dynasty Deluxe data analysis dfs dominator and don't forget the player rankings to rule them all